0: welcome to the connection codes podcast where we break open our emotions that take us from feeling disconnected to connected in our own selves and our lives I am your host, Tira Wages, and I am so thrilled to be here with marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, Dr. Glenn Hill, and his incredible wife, Phyllis. And um, I am super excited about today's podcast because we are going to do another in session with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis. If you listen to our first episode, our first in session, this is where we talk with another couple a couple that is going through something that so many couples struggle with in different ways everyone's story is very unique and everyone's story is very personal to them but many of us deal with similar emotions i mean there's eight core emotions and so different traumas can make us all feel the same fear shame guilt and so today we are talking with chris and katie who have just birthed their fifth beautiful Mm. child. I get to see this baby boy on the screen. It's so exciting. And um, as many women know very well that there is a lot that comes in with birth, especially when we're having babies in difficult seasons of life. Mm. Um, And that can cause our emotions to affect our bodies and postpartum and so we're just going to be talking through this experience with them and the trauma that they've experienced and also how they've worked to remain connected through this really difficult time Mm. which has been beautiful even listening to katie earlier just like my husband has just saved me he's incredible Mm. and so i'm excited to to go in so here's here we go welcome hello world hello chris and
1: katie thank you so much for being here it's amazing Yes, I
2: love it. It means the world. And you know, I know that um in just having a chance earlier to talk some through what y'all have experienced, and I know your heart is to 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 process and and to find the healing and all this for yourselves and your marriage and your family. And I know specifically, Katie, you've really been on quite the journey um through this uh birth and um and just even really tuning into your own body and realizing that there's even through processing the emotion of letting that go that you don't your body needs the healing of all of that and so um, we just think you are ready in advance for your vulnerability and there are so many that go through a very lonely time after having a baby and that there's this expectation almost like a judgment that's put on women of and and men too that you know you're just supposed to experience joy mm-hmm. and yes there is tremendous joy but there's also a lot of other things and i know with your story in particular um there were a lot of extra ordinary Mm. circumstances but i believe that this podcast can Mm. spread widely to help so many couples who who do need to hear your story and who go through similar things after they've given birth so thank you for being here and just we would just want to know what's happening with you guys thank you so much for that i
3: i told you as we were texting just I feel so much identity from that, especially Mm -hmm. in this season of Mm -hmm. feeling so unseen because Mm -hmm. this journey that I'm on is very unique. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even people who have been walking a little bit more closely, sometimes it's hard to explain, no, this is what's happening. And anyway, just walking through loneliness for sure Mm -hmm. in this time of not being able to, um, identify or relate. And I find that in who I am, relating is very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's been interesting to, um, one, be at the, the very end of myself, you know. Mm. Um, and and to find that relating to people right now, I want it so desperately. But even on the drive over here, Chris was like, babe. You probably shouldn't be, you know, reaching out to so many people and offering all this help and advice yet because you're still needing to heal and mend. Mm -hmm. And it's important to take that time to heal and to let it happen all the way. And, um, but in the search for relatability, you know, reaching out to, is anybody else experiencing this? And, um, it can be both one of my greatest blessings and also one of the things that I'm having to learn to put more boundaries around Mm -hmm. and to be, to be okay with taking care of myself and not having to take care of other people at the Mm -hmm. same time, to be okay with, it's okay that this healing is actually just for me Mm -hmm. and for my family. Mm -hmm. It's okay that this healing journey is just for, um, my kiddos to have their mom back for my Mm -hmm. husband to have his wife back, (laughs) to be able to do the things that are normal, everyday life things Mm -hmm. that I haven't been able to do for three months a little bit longer um, and have it be just for us and yeah. just for yeah. the beauty of our family restoration. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. Well, and I yeah. hear though, oh, yeah. for you and Chris, that there, I, I so relate to the loneliness of feeling isolated, even in just being the, you know, we want our listeners to hear a little bit more about what you've actually been through, but, okay. um, mm-hmm. But even in that, just feeling alone, like feeling like most people don't relate to what y'all have been through, and ordinary birth, ordinary postpartum is challenging. But yeah, you guys, plenty, <laughs> yeah. But you guys have Absolutely. been through so much beyond what is even normal, and yeah. and and Chris, I I really do. I love that your protection of Katie and saying even. Katie, and, and even, how, you know, just I, I'd love to hear what happens for you in that, Chris, just that concern, right, of wanting to make sure Katie protects herself. And and no. gosh, you guys have been through so much. So for the sake of our listeners, can you elaborate a little bit of just your story of what you guys have been through? Hmm. I, don't
4: I, I can share a little bit. Okay, yeah. Um, leading up before Katie's birth, it was, uh, in December, it was just a really, really heavy hit on our, uh, a month, um, with family issues, mm. um, that were going on, um, between my brother and his wife. And, um, that it was just really affecting the whole family. And then we got hit with covid right before christmas Mm -hmm. and that took katie and i out took me out even worse Mm -hmm. um for three weeks and so she was taking care of me while being pregnant and i was basically in bed for three weeks and Mm -hmm. um and then the the kids got sick too right after that Yeah, yeah kids got right after all that. And then the kids got sick right after all Mm -hmm. of that. And Mm -hmm. we were trying to keep everything separated. So we're not sharing what we were having, but they still wound up getting sick as well. Mm
5: -hmm. And then
4: there was Katie's birth, Mm -hmm. um, which went really well, I think. And for the most part, and I'll let her elaborate more on that because she went through it.
1: <laughs> mm. I was gonna say, it's yeah. always easy for a man to say, Yeah, she did great. <laughs> Everything was good.
4: <laughs> yeah. I know that the mindset leading up into that was difficult for mm. her, but yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd say that um, overall, to, for me, it felt pretty easy compared to the last birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, getting sick with what she was going through right after being giving birth and, um, not knowing what was going on and mm-hmm. how to handle it. And yeah.
3: Yeah. So in the end of just De- in the beginning of December, my papa passed away mm-hmm. and he was like my mm-hmm. biggest spiritual anchor of life. He's the one who, who really taught me so much. And, mm-hmm. um, while, it wasn't like a, he was 87 years old, lived a beautiful life. It wasn't like it was a sudden, um, you know, but still it just brings up all of this emotion and all of these realizations about my own life and learning more about his and my grandma's journey. And, um, and like Chris mentioned, his brother and sister walking through things, they also uh, were pregnant at the same time. So we were pregnant together Mm. and they had their baby exactly a month before we had Kingston. Mm. And, um, So I actually was suffering with quite a bit of guilt and and shame even Mm -hmm. um, for how amazing our journey has been. We've had a lot of rough roads, but Chris has been such a faithful husband Mm -hmm. and he has done so much work on himself, getting healed, getting whole, going after the scary, dark places for years, Mm -hmm. being willing to face shame, being willing to face addiction, being willing to face um, all the stuff. And So I was dealing with guilt and shame that I had such a good road and it made it really hard for me to be present in my own life. Mm. Um, And so as we had COVID, that's when our family stuff blew up. And that was, I think, three days before I gave birth. Mm. So we're dealing with being sick, families blowing up, um, their marriage is falling apart and we've been walking with them super closely. Mm. And then our bodies are shutting down. (laughs) You know, we physically can't manage being the support that we wanted to be. And in our community, a lot of people have been very concerned about COVID. And so um, there was a lot of like where we would normally have support. There wasn't support. Like I didn't have a baby shower this time. Mm. People were just kind of afraid to be around Mm. um, because we were sick. So we had weeks of isolation from being Mm. sick, dealing with this family stuff. And then I go into labor early, which has never happened. I'm always a, uh, I think, like three to 10 day late Mm. birther. So in my head, I was like, I don't even have to be present in my own life yet. It's going to be okay. We don't have to worry about having a baby Mm. yet. I didn't have his bed set up. Our bedroom was a disaster Mm. um, from being sick. We Mm. just, you know, we didn't have laundry caught up. Dishes were a mess. I mean, you know, when you're, when both adults are sick and our oldest is eight, Um, actually she was seven at the time. She turned Mm. eight after that. Um, it, there's just a lot of things that kind of are
5: yeah.
3: falling apart. Yeah. And so I went into labor with Kingston and I just wailed, cried through the whole thing. And I, I don't, I couldn't even explain what was going on except I was just like yelling. I we can't have this baby yet. Our room's not ready. He doesn't uh, have, like, I haven't purchased anything for him. Um, it's the least prepared I've been. And he's our fifth baby. Oof. We're all still sick. What if he gets sick? You know, just so much fear. Hmm. Um And yet I felt like I was the most experienced and it really was the grace of the Lord. My labor was only two hours and 45 minutes and he was here. Um, and my last baby was one of my hardest births. And so I was kind of preparing myself for a long labor, but my, my body was so exhausted from having five babies back to back and then going into labor after being so sick, Mm
5: -hmm. just
3: immediately. Chris's fever, had only been broken for like 30 hours or something um, when I went into labor. So it was just really, really intense. And um, the days after, there's this photo of me with Kingston um, where my face, I'm just like screaming, wailing, and I'm looking at him. I had just pulled him up to look at him. And it was just this moment where, this beautiful baby was my awakening Mm. and I was so excited to be in touch with my own life. Again, Mm. I had been working three part-time jobs. I homeschool Um, Chris works full-time. We have a small farm where we've been adding animals and crops and things with the goal of really going after health and um, Mm. self-sustainability. And uh, so I had this, just, I'm so excited to be awake again. Mm. And, um, but my body just felt off. So I had a lot of joy those next couple days, just like soaking him in. It was again, a different postpartum experience because we still had fam- kids in the family that were sick. So they couldn't come in the bedroom. Um, but I was soaking him in because I was present. For the first time in a long time. Mm. I had been so distracted with my work, like staying up till three in the morning, sometimes just trying to meet a goal for month end or um, things like that. And so I I felt this tremendous thankfulness Mm. that I was able to be awakened. And also in that moment, shame, because, Mm. oh my gosh, I was so disconnected. I was so disconnected from myself, from my kids, Mm. from our home from the focus of we're going after things for our family um, and even really getting caught up in like people pleasing and caring so much about what everybody else needed or wanted from me and trying to make sure that I was fulfilling that. Um, and so about a week after Kingston was born, our dog attacked one of our chickens and I ran down to go grab the dog and my body just collapsed. And I was like, mm-hmm. that was weird. What, what's that about? I normally take it really slow to heal, but that was an odd thing. And then, um, something similar happened a couple of weeks later. And then I just kept noticing, like, I am not recovering. Mm. I'm feeling something is off. There's this anxious feeling. It doesn't feel like normal postpartum though, mm. but I got on all of my normal supplements for that and, um, just wasn't bouncing back. And then, my best friend came to help me sort baby clothes cause someone gave me a bunch. And I just, all I could do was sit in my rocking chair and hold the baby. I couldn't sort the clothes with her. And this was like three weeks postpartum. And by that point I should be able to be up and exerting more energy and have it be fine. Um, and I remember just talking to her and I just broke down, bawling processing through all these relationships where I felt like I was letting people down. Wow. Um this pressure of I'm supposed to go back to one of my jobs this next week because I was supposed to come back at four weeks and I'm not recovering, but I'm gonna just do it anyways because I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and just pushing myself, pushing myself. And so that leads to the first, you know, ambulance ride with this new condition I was dealing with and I got on the phone with that boss and we had an hour long conversation. I just said, I am not okay. And I'm just bawling. I don't know why I'm bawling except that I know that I'm letting her down. Mm. And it's been a long standing relationship that I really care about. I hung up the phone after that conversation, she took it so well, but I wanted to be okay with her. Mm. And I'm like, man, I feel weird. So I went and laid down, woke back up from a nap felt terrible, tried to get Chris's attention, but he was taking care of pigs and he couldn't hear me. (laughs) And, um, so I went and took a shower and then it just got worse. And so I found myself stumbling out to the yard to see him. And I'm like, babe, something's really wrong. My heart was racing. My head was light I was stumbling all over the place and went inside, totally collapsed in the chair. My whole body starts vibrating. I can't lift up any part of my body. I can't really think straight anything. And I all but passed out. So we called the ambulance and long story short, I had three of those moments happen Mm. before getting even more sick. Mm. And they basically were just like, this is just postpartum depression. This is just a panic attack. And even the people closest to me were like, You're just having really bad anxiety. You should just get on some anti-anxiety medication and it'll all be okay. But over the next three weeks, I continued to decline. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't sleep. And I had many, many other symptoms that I won't go into. Um, But there were three nights in particular, one of them being our oldest daughter's birthday, where I didn't know if I was going to make it through the night Mm
5: -hmm.
3: because I was having to make myself breathe. And, um, my heart was doing these crazy ups and downs and blood pressure and, um, all through that, you know, Chris is my rock. He's just with me all day, all night. And usually it got worse at night. Mm. Um, and so for three weeks, we dealt with that until we found a naturopathic doctor who helped get me repleted. Um, I got on some bioidentical hormones and I, I began doing some vitamin treatments and I finally began to regain strength. But I got to the point where I couldn't talk. I couldn't think clearly at all. I couldn't read. Um, I could hardly see. I'd have to really like squint my eyes to focus on the people around me. So, you know, our kiddos are coming to me wanting to share these exciting things they've been doing while I'm up in bed. And every time they leave the room, I collapse because mm. it's too much for my um my adrenal glands, for my vagus nerve. And so that's the health journey that we've been on up to this point. It's been three months now where these symptoms persist, but because I'm stronger, um, I'm doing a little bit better. Like I can make PB and can make dinner. Mm-hmm. I can help with dishes sometimes. Um, but going from being so independent and, you know, running my home to, I have adult help five days a week while Chris is at work. Mm-hmm. And, um, And then Chris comes home and he takes over the brunt of everything. And so in that there hasn't been very much like, Hey, let's go on a date night after baby, or Mm -hmm. let's try to connect. You know, my body's healing. Let's let's make love. Um, you know, there's so many components in there that have just been very, very, very different, um, -hmm. Mm -hmm. than the past four times. And even though, uh, it's been tremendously difficult, you know, in sickness and in health. Right. (laughs) Um, I've, I've watched Chris love me in ways that has completely undone me Mm. in this last three months where he's literally carried me to the bathroom for weeks on end. Mm. If I have to go to the restroom or Mm. he's catching me as I'm stumbling and falling and collapsing. Mm. Um, physically catching me. And then in the middle of it, when there would be breaks, he would be bringing joy and making me laugh. Mm -hmm. And we'd be laughing about, wow, that was really crazy five minutes ago or something. We don't even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been our journey. I know that was a long story. I tried to make it as short as possible, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's what's been happening for us. And then in the middle of that, we have our four older babies who have all been adjusting to new baby and adjusting Mm -hmm. to mom being sick and adjusting to other adults around helping to parent. Um, and then us trying to share how we would be parenting with them so that we keep the culture of our home. Um, so it's been quite the ride. Yeah.
2: Anyway.
1: Well, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, Katie, you shared some on, uh, or through, you know, Instagram, some of your story. And um, I have, I have just loved, you from afar and, and just seeing the struggle. And I I know the very first time you got on, you were still really, really sick, but you wanted people to know what was happening for you. And just, you know, I think that we all so desperately need to tell our story. We need to be seen. We need to be heard. And in the power of your story you've mentioned so many different core emotions mm. and, and I love that. I love that you and Chris have that language yeah. and that it's, it is a, an ability to release that as you even share it in this very moment, you know, and there is um at times, you know, you, you at one point said um just that this has awakened you to you. It's mm. like you've tuned back in mm. to you wow. and, and, I I think that sometimes as women we have this mindset that we should just push through, that we can always do one more thing, that we can always um, you know push ourselves. And I think even with just birth, with carrying a child, like there's so much that we are doing almost like sight unseen. Like when you carry a baby for nine months it's like your body is working overtime all the time and you know you mentioned just some things that happened in december that were so emotionally challenging mm. and we don't often give enough time for all of that processing to happen you know to to think it was almost like the perfect storm for you mm. guys yeah. to go yeah. with the loss of of your grandfather the sadness in that and i i believe you shared um just Earlier in a phone call, that you also lost a good friend, um, yeah. and and just the grief. Like, how do we grieve well when we're also mm. going into yeah. the holidays, um, also going into the very last month of carrying a baby, also, you know, then getting sick with a, you know, with a virus that, uh, the, you know, for many, like you say, where you guys live, there's been a real. Uh, shut down because of COVID, like there's, and even that just mentioning that you didn't have a baby shower this time, like to me, that's something right there alone mm. to grieve. Like usually when women or men and women circle around and say, we are also excited about what is going to happen in your life. And we want to, you know, we want to honor you in this moment. We want to shower gifts upon you in this moment. We want to make this really special and to lose out on that and then, for you guys to even in all of that, to then get so sick, both of you right mm-hmm. before that birth and and you know i I know that this this whole time you know the the there's a lot of grief in it all, and it it is it you know it warrants almost time to just allow yourself to to just sit in that. And that there's no rushing. You don't have to hurry through that yeah. grief, and there's no time limit on that.
1: So then, how have the two of you? Because uh, it, it, I mean, what's coming, what's been thrown at you, is impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you you remember the Holmes-Reighy scale that we uh, use in the book. Uh, you're never supposed to go over 300 points in a running 12 month <laughs> period. I don't know where the heck the two of you are. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not at a thousand. You might be, I don't know. Um, but you're way up there. Uh, so what has been the most effective for the two of you navigating this just extreme, uh, scenario and extreme scenarios, uh, plural, but w- what has been the most effective for the two of you? It's
3: hurting. That's
5: something. No.
3: Yeah. um, I mean, for me, you know, I'd be laying in my bed and I couldn't have any screens or any sound or anything. So I had almost a month of solitude, um, outside of, you know, my kids coming up every once in a while, but that was short lived. And I was just focusing on getting through the day. So we weren't even really having super deep conversations or anything, but in the middle of the night, there were a lot of times where I would wake up and, um, I, I'm a believer, and so there is a lot of spiritual components to what was going mm. on. And um, there's a lot of warfare that I could feel. But mm. for the first time in my life, I couldn't pray. I'm a, I'm a worship leader, songwriter. I couldn't sing. Mm. Um, and mm. so the things that I would normally do, I couldn't read my Bible. The things I would normally do to get through hard times, I could not do. My brain had failed me, my body had failed me. Wow. But the thing that was so different for me or that would bring me to that place of like peace is I would have to call Chris to my side. Mm. And I didn't know, I didn't know how deep and rich our marriage had become, (laughs) Wow! especially after some of the other hard seasons that we've been through. Mm. Um, Our last conversation was probably almost a year ago with Mm. you two. Mm. And that conversation really changed things for us. Mm. And I recognized at that conversation some bitterness and resentment that had been in my heart. And it really allowed me to break through yeah. and to stop seeing through some of the lies that I was believing and to see who Chris is mm-hmm. and who he was and always has been and how faithful he's been. And some of the places where I was even like frustrated in things around the house, I began to see, Oh my gosh, it's not Chris. That's me. Mm. <laughs> I'm blaming things on him that are actually me. Um, and, 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 stupid things like something being left on the counter or, you know, mm. um, things that I just, yeah. So it laying in bed and realizing how deep deep and re- rich our marriage had become mm. recognizing who he is right now. And not just the day in day out where like we come home, he comes home from work. We have dinner. We do a little bit of family connection time and then we roll into bed exhausted. Mm. Um, recognizing how, how rich it was mm-hmm. and being able to be so thankful. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know of any other person I could have gone through this last season with at all because mm-hmm. of who Chris is and his faithfulness and his steadiness. There were days mm-hmm. we had some snow somewhere in all that mess. And he mm-hmm. went out into our backyard, grabbed the riding lawnmower mower, attach the sleds (laughs) on a rope. Don't get mad at us. The kids were totally safe. (laughs) The blades were not going. Um, And he pulled them around in the snow while Mm -hmm. I had to be upstairs recovering. Mm -hmm. And like that, that's so beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. And just this admiration has just rolled over into my heart. Like Mm -hmm. nothing I've ever seen before. Just I have stars in my eyes for my husband, Mm
5: -hmm.
3: even more than when we first met, there's Mm -hmm. just this deep, rich, appreciation and like you just laid down your life for me in a way Mm. that is so humbling. Mm. So, so humbling. And he chose to do it. He chose to not go to work for three weeks Mm. and, you know, let his boss down and Mm. his boss was very understanding, Mm. but you know, for a man, for Chris, he wants to do his best work all the time and he (laughs) chose to lay that down, not worry about anything else, lay it all down Mm. and stay home with me until I was well enough Mm. for him Mm. to go back. and like that kind of sacrifice is i don't know how to articulate it enough there aren't Mm -hmm. words that can articulate it enough but it's exactly what the bible says that husbands do husbands lay down your lives for your wives as christ has loved the church Mm. you know he has done that and it's definitely changed my heart a lot where like the petty stuff that bothered me doesn't really seem
5: Mm. it doesn't really matter yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and we both have grown so much too because we're not in the rat race right now. We're in a rest season. Mm. A friend of ours gave us this word. She said, Katie, I really feel like you guys are supposed to just close the blinds. And this mm. was before any of wow. this was really happening, wow. but she had recognized how much we were carrying for our family and we we're getting ready to have the baby. And she's like, Katie, you guys, I feel like you're just supposed to protect your family time. You need to close the blinds mm-hmm. and you need to not worry about what anybody else is wanting from you right now. You need to break all those expectations and just do what you need. Yeah. And in this season of doing that, being able to be this slow, being able to mm-hmm. actually like, even though our time together is short after work, being able to soak each other in
5: mm-hmm. and
3: miss each other and yearn for each other because the distractions are gone. Mm -hmm. Um, one last piece and I'll let Chris talk. I know I'm talking a lot, but something (laughs) else that happened for me is for one of my jobs, I was using social media quite a bit to, um, to market some of the things I was selling. And, um, I was on my phone a lot and I've always given our kids permission to let me know when I'm too distracted Mm And um, our oldest and our second oldest were saying quite a bit, mom, you're on your phone a lot. Can you put it away, please? Whoa. Mom, you want to play? Let's come on, put your phone away. Mm-hmm. And I found myself all through the end of last year being like, okay, okay, I'm coming. Just, just let me finish this last message. Or, okay, okay. Let me just finish this last thing. I got to mm-hmm. do really fast. And there's so much pressure there and not being able to look at my phone because I physically can't for very long at all. I can't hold it up to my ear. I can't look at social media without it physically dropping me so hard Mm. has Um, been this again, that word awakening. It's awakened me to life. And while social mm. media is great, it's a great way to connect Mm. moms. I don't know if you can relate to this, but how often do you have your cell phone in your face when you're nursing your baby? And the science shows, I think you guys even talk about this. When you're breastfeeding your baby, if you look them in the eyes, it's programming identity into them. Mm -hmm. And how many moments have I missed being distracted Mm. and um, not being present? Mm. And so even though this has been the hardest thing I think I've ever been through, I'm present. Mm. And even when my brain fails me and I'm foggy and I can't think and I can't fully Mm. understand what my kids are saying to me, I'm present. And I'm there, and I'm I'm with you, and I'm going to show you my love because I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. I thought this was my last chance. Mm. I didn't know if I'd be able to do this again because I didn't know if I would make it through the night. You know. Yeah. Okay. Done.
5: What? Wow. I what rabbit trailed that.
1: What about for you, Chris? What What have been the most connecting points for you?
4: Mm. Connecting points. Hmm. I think, honestly, what has been the most, created the most um, places where we can be connected um, was actually setting up boundaries with people around us, Mm -hmm. Um, having healthy boundaries and um, actually making it to where I can take the time that I need with mm-hmm. my wife, with my kids, mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. even how my kids are being handled. Because if I know that it's not how I want it to be, you know, it creates a place of tension and stress. And,
5: mm-hmm.
4: um, mm-hmm. so setting up healthy boundaries for me has been uh, probably key to even for maybe mm-hmm. getting better and mm-hmm. keeping the stress level low because what she's dealing with you can't manage a lot of stress and mm-hmm. um, and then just being intentional
5: mm-hmm.
4: I think has been the biggest thing um, seeing how I can serve her and love on her while she's in this place of not being able to do anything mm-hmm. and like physically carrying her up and down the stairs. It was my joy and honor to wow. <laughs> move her from one floor to the next so she can be connected <laughs> with the kids. And,
5: that's um, amazing. uh,
4: yeah. So just, just being intentional. And that's, I feel like that's how I connected the best. was was just setting my selfish ambitions aside and mm-hmm. things that I wanted to get done on the farm or, um, a lot of
3: sacrifice there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, It was just a place of sacrifice where I got to serve and love my wife.
3: I want to touch on that real quick and just share why that's so, what he just said is so important. I have driven our family with my fear of man and with wanting to make people happy Mm -hmm. and with wanting to be present. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of times where like Chris, Chris is an introvert, you know, he likes to be home or he likes to be doing things that, yeah, he, he wants to feel safe in his atmosphere. Right. We all do. And I got so caught up in, I guess you could call it kind of a keeping up with the Joneses as far as like just being present for things Mm. that people in our community are present for. And I, I've drug him with me. I've, I've been in ministry since I was like 12. Mm. And so, you know, being at every conference or being at every whatever was super important. And since having children, I've gradually tapered down to where I'm not, I wasn't dragging us as much, but this specific situation, I feel like broke that thing in me mm. where I was just like, come on, or just, please, we please, can we please do this? Just, mm. I just really want to do this. And mm. you know, what are these people going to think if I don't do it and well, oh. what if they don't feel loved or what if yeah. they don't feel honored mm. by, you know, me not being present and showing mm. up. And so that's why when Chris says, setting boundaries, the boundaries are actually that, like, I can't pull him along at this crazy pace that mm. I've been wanting to go at to make everybody else happy. Mm. Mm. And he's finally, is that what you were saying? Because I feel like that's a big piece of it too. That's part of it. That's definitely part of it. So yeah. this thing is breaking some stuff in me mm. that really well. needed to change for the health of our family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. For us on, on our journey, just less than a year ago, our oldest daughter, uh, first of all, talk to us about what brings us energy. And then she said, what, what are your pain points? And when she first brought that up, we're like pain points. I, I don't know. Life's good. What, what are you talking about? And so over a period of weeks and a month or two, we started recognizing, and of course, pain is supposed to send us a message. It's our mm-hmm. consultant is telling us something, you know, we see that easily with physical pain you know, you step on a nail well, you need to get the nail out of your foot. You touch a hot stove. You need to move your hand off the hot stove but we miss that with emotional pain so often. And we're like, oh, I'll just power through it. Uh, well, that would be the equivalent of me. You know, Chris steps on a nail. He gets it through his foot. I'm like, dude, just power through it. Come on, let's go. And he's like, wait, I've got a nail in my foot. I'm like, oh, come on, Chris, you know, uh, just handle it, which would be yeah. idiotic. Um, so, but we do that with emotional pain uh, all the time. So that's been such a big adjustment for us and a huge revelation. Uh, so for us to always be aware of emotional pain go, what's that, What's happening with that? And what's the message that it's telling us? Oh, okay. So uh, Katie, from a beautiful intention, great heart, I'm not judging your motivation Mm -hmm. at all, but ends up doing things that are actually a detriment to herself, to her partnership with Chris, to her family, uh, and for her to start recognizing the pain and for Chris to recognize the pain and go, babe, I feel pain there that's you know there's there's joy in it too and we can feel multiple emotions at the same time you know there's yeah. joy in these things but there's also pain in them and to tune into the pain go, what's the pain what's the message of the pain what's it trying to tell me what's it trying to tell us here so that we can figure out the best uh, next course uh, to do so good for you that's amazing that you're tuned in yourselves but also tune in with each other to start recognizing that that's really cool
2: you know, sometimes we go through seasons where mm. we have a awakening and, mm-hmm. and tuning into ourselves is so huge. And, yeah. you know, I always think that, you know, my prayer and all of that for you guys, for us, when we go through seasons is to, to really lean into what we're learning yeah. and, and to capture it, like really capture it and not try to rush through it and, you even with being able to slow down enough to realize Mm. in the grieving of the things that happened in December, Mm. that you're allowed to grieve them in April. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to grieve them in May and that there's not a time limit. And matter of fact, I think that even to be intentional to let yourselves cry over what happened in December and to really I'll, Glenn mentioned this yesterday, and I made him write it down because I thought it was so powerful about how tears are the blood of emotional wounds. Mm. And I think that what y'all experienced in December were some huge yeah. emotional wounds. Yeah. And okay. I don't know that you've cried I don't know that you've cried enough yet mm. for those emotional wounds in December. And I'm not mm. even sure you've had time because yeah. you were fighting for your life. Mm. And yeah. well, and so yeah. in a sense, it's like to realize y- you, and, and you know, in some ways I think of tears in so many different ways, because I think it's watering also mm. the next mm-hmm. season. So you think mm-hmm. about, you know, what, what you've gone through in December and then all of this year and to realize those tears that need to come and need to flow th- freely will also water the seeds of this time mm. and beautiful things will grow from that mm. and to just be sure and and don't forget that part and mm. you know for both of you whether tears come easily or not it's like realizing you've got to let this out mm. and and it, you know you may see it come in little spurts you know but i i think sometimes and i know that Even with you guys being introduced to the connection codes and just how y'all came into our lives over a year ago and how you reached out and just the, 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 you know, the correspondence that we've kind of had over the, over the last year. And just realizing that in learning all of this, it's like it gives you permission to, to, there's not a time limit. So Mm -hmm. it's so important that when this fires in your brain and Mm -hmm. I believe it will be a part of your story forever, Mm -hmm. which is so powerful. Like I believe your story will help many, 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 many other couples Mm -hmm. and families beyond even those that you'll meet personally. Mm -hmm. And and just to kind of go, okay, that that the trauma, there's so many layers of what y'all have been through. Just the fact, Katie, that you almost died Mm -hmm. After giving birth, is it's like just to really let that be the the weight of that be true. Mm-hmm. Like that is there's you don't try to like now that you're getting healthier. Don't try to go well. I guess it wasn't really that bad because here I am. Mm-hmm. It's like no, no, no. That was really bad, and and that even the things that you'll realize, I the things that you've missed in the last four months, like the things. That, you know, whether it's a birthday or whether it was New Year's Eve or whether it was Mm. like there's just moments that you guys kind of lost both and Chris, you too, like for you to realize you guys have been through so much and there's a lot, a lot of tears associated with all of that and to know how tears are really beautiful mm. and they need to flow through freely. We've actually done a couple of even Instagram posts just this week. I I know we filmed them. I don't know if they came out this week or they'll come out next week, but about just the, the, the how important tears mm. are yeah. and that it's a natural form in our bodies. It's like sneezing. Anytime you need to mm-hmm. sneeze, you need to sneeze. It's your body saying, I need to sneeze.
5: Yeah.
2: And, and yet for many of us, we've been taught to, um, you know, big boys don't cry, that kind mm. of stuff. Like we've been taught that you got to kind of whatever, hold it together. But no, like for you to even think of it as as the just the, the blood of it to let this yeah. out. And then also to realize it's what waters the seed of what you're yeah. doing right now. And that wow. beautiful bloom will come from it in this watering wow. season and just to let yourselves cry mm-hmm. And to keep processing, which I believe that, you know, y'all know how to do that. And even in, I don't, you know, with the core emotion wheel, what I love about just that tool is sometimes it's just needing that tool, like almost going, you know what, every day, you know, at nine o'clock at night or six o'clock in the morning, like setting aside a specific time where you go, we need to do the wheel every day and, Y'all have been through so much that so much of the wheel is going to be processing through finding all the emotion in what y'all have just gone through from November, December, January. I mean, in some ways, I think because you've been fighting for your life, Mm. you have Mm -hmm. to kind of go into that mode, right? And so Mm -hmm. you kind of go, I just have to pick her up and carry her to the bathroom. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing right now but as things slow down a little bit and as Katie's getting healthier for you to realize, okay, really lean into all of the emotion of what you guys have gone through.
1: So can the two of you do, and do you remember an issue specific wheel? Do you remember that whole idea just about a specific issue? So I don't know what the label would be called. Something like, um, Mm -hmm. Katie and Chris's last five months or something like that. I don't have a clever (laughs) title. Sorry. Um, but I'd just love to hear, you know, the, the core emotion wheel, just the, uh, as far as you, what's happening for you around that, this season for you.
3: Okay. Tell me to start, you can start. go ahead. Okay. Oh, all right. I feel it all already. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I feel shame. That's the one I feel the most easily. So mm. I'll start there. I feel shame about how broken my body is
5: Mm. and that
3: it's impacted every area of our life Mm. so dramatically. Mm. Mm. And uh, I feel shame also that it's required so much from you and from the people that are still Mm. in it with us every day um, because I'm not in a spot where I can be strong yet.
5: Mm.
3: And I feel a lot of guilt because the places where I should be being mom Mm. I'm having to have a lot of help with. um, And I I feel guilty for missing out on the the moments that I long for so much, like just sitting down and coloring with the kids or, Mm. you know, those kinds of things. I feel really guilty for missing those moments and not being the one to create them. Mm. (laughs) I feel fear Mm. that this is as good as it's going to get and that you're going to be stuck with me in this spot. And that also of course brings shame and guilt. Mm. Mm. Um, I feel lonely in really missing friends
5: mm-hmm.
3: and not knowing who I can go to
5: mm-hmm.
3: and be real with, without it feeling like it's constant or not positive enough.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And in that loneliness, there would be guilt and even wanting to share that mm-hmm feel so sad that I miss the kids' birthdays Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that Grayson didn't get his birthday that he really wanted. Mm -hmm. And again, feel guilt there too. Mm -hmm.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: I feel hurt for many of my friends' responses Mm -hmm. that because I'm trying to stay positive that uh, there's not a real grid of understanding for what daily life looks like and uh feeling kind Mm -hmm. of forgotten because as soon as the intensity of it wore off it went back to the lack of contact with people Mm -hmm. and i feel lonely in that too Mm -hmm. and uh i feel anger (sighs) um I feel angry for not being seen, mm-hmm. and I feel hurt in that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anger that uh, for being so misunderstood,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and for basically being written off as just—it's all in my head, and I'm crazy—and that that was okay uh-huh. enough for the people that I love.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow!
1: Thank <laughs> you. Did you do joy?
3: Oh no! Nope, it's in the middle. I missed it. Don't forget
4: joy. <laughs> Yeah, we
3: should do that one. <laughs> yes. I feel joy in having this like new lease on life and mm. mm-hmm. wow. recognizing the things I took for granted mm-hmm. and being able to like really soak them in, like mm-hmm. loving to hear my kids giggle, even when they're being naughty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, uh, or they're making a giant mess of something they're not supposed to be getting into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel so much joy just being able to sit on the same floor with them and watch Mm -hmm. them make the mess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, The pressure is off there and there's so much joy. I just, I laugh way more about things that would have been frustrating before.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing.
4: Love it. Yeah. I guess
5: it's
4: my turn. Mm Um, for me, I feel, I felt a lot of fear during this journey, Mm. Um, not knowing what was going to happen with Katie. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: Um, I felt anger because I wanted to help more than what I could and I couldn't fix it Mm. And and I wanted to be able to do more, but mm. I couldn't.
5: Yeah.
4: Mm. Um which again made me feel sad as well and um because it's not easy watching someone who you love suffering.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I felt lonely as well um, because um, I felt lonely because family splitting apart and
5: mm-hmm.
4: not being around family for holidays and um, just having to do a lot of this on our own. Even, even in the midst of having the support that we did have, it Mm. still felt very lonely. Yeah. Mm. Um, That. Mm. I felt shame during this because I felt like I wasn't the best parent that I could have been Mm. because I was so focused on taking care of Katie Mm. Um, and also just on the kids' stuff and and not being able to be fully present with them. Um, hmm. I felt I had, I had guilt for leaving work mm-hmm. mm, yeah. having to leave work because being sick and then I took time off for the pregnancy after being sick mm. and then Katie got sick and so I just took more time off again Wow. um I had guilt and some shame in there as well yeah um yeah. for having to be away for so long um and uh so I definitely felt that and then I felt bad about leaving my guys behind mm-hmm. in the projects and we're a small crew and so things were kind of piling up and
5: wow. so
4: I had some guilt and shame there yeah um, joy. I think I'm still trying to come into that one.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> um, I have joy that Katie is getting better every day.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I have joy in the pockets where I'm able to spend time uh, with my kids mm-hmm. and when I'm not letting the stress of life try to hold me down.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but when I actually get down on their level, I feel a lot of joy and wow. being able to relate and connect with them. RC mm. car. Um, yeah, I do things with my kids, like RC cars, letting them drive and mm. <laughs> chase it, and mm. drones and stuff. Um, wow! But really, just seeing my kids happy makes me happy, and mm. and then when I get my own time to do projects on the farm or yeah. woodworking or anything like that, I feel joy in that as yeah. well, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of refreshes me. Mm-hmm. cool because that's my time that i get to spend with the Lord as well
5: yeah mm-hmm. so.
1: wow wow yeah. thank you both that, i just love it you know of course we're big connection coders huge fans of the core motion wheel and you know for our listeners we just want you to know this is just we're all just pilgrims on the journey yeah. and it's amazing yep. uh just where this takes you humans connect through emotion and uh, you know, Chris and Katie, we know you some. We don't know you really well, but it's, we're just humans, and you connect uh, deeply through that emotion. So I'm really proud of the two of you, this, yeah. that you have the heart in general to do it, but you have the heart to do it on screen, which is, mm-hmm. can be pretty intimidating. So I commend you for that. That's really beautiful.
2: You know, what? what's really on my heart right now is just to encourage you guys to do the wheel every day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And
2: and I know there's, there's this kind of probably you mentioned it a little bit, Katie, fear that, you know, will you ever get back to Mm. what you consider a hundred percent, you know, but in doing the wheel is it's like when you even visually see it as in, you're letting go, you're letting it out. There's so much that has happened in this short period of time. And even the, uh, ray he scale that glenn mentioned mm-hmm. you guys are very high oh, yeah. like birth alone and then to go through the the you know death of a loved one and then the almost death of you katie mm-hmm. it's it's just a lot and to realize yeah. that your body does not need to store any of that that's huge mm-hmm. so we want to encourage you to do this every day like make it like that is as important as getting the water you need and the supplements you need and all of that to realize yeah. we have got we have got to do uh the wheel every day and for both of you even the same topic over and over and over till you're able to really release it all yeah. and and to just know that that is going to fire in your brain um and that's going to be a big one for a long time for you guys but yeah. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for, for being mm-hmm. on with today. And and for yeah. our listeners, we really are so hopeful that this will help you start a topic that yeah. needs yeah. to be said and that you can just listen to this more than once mm-hmm. and to really get all that was said today because we really believe that uh, everyone needs to hear yeah. our yeah. stories.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you
2: mm-hmm
1: Okay, yeah. we're gonna let you go. Thank you so much for your time. You're mm-hmm. very kind and yes. gracious.
3: Thank you guys so much for having us
0: today. Really appreciate it a lot. Yes, yes. Okay. absolutely. See you soon. Yes, let's stay Thank in touch. Thank you so much. Okay. Wow, that was so impactful. Mm. Thank you so much to Katie and Chris for sharing your story. It, uh, the power of our health and, mm. and just what that does to us and how it affects every part of our bodies and Mm. i know so many people listening at some point you've either encountered a situation Mm. where Mm. your health was holding you back from your life where you became the caretaker for somebody that you care about Mm. and just like chris said like you just desperately wish you could make it better for Mm. them Mm. Um, and sharing those emotions with each other and and how that can keep you united during Mm -hmm. such a dark difficult season i mean hearing how much they just value each other through Mm -hmm. this is just so beautiful Mm -hmm. and just further just shows the power of the connection codes they were Mm -hmm. connection coders before this happened Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's um beautiful to see how connected they are um so thank you all for listening for joining in Mm -hmm. with us um and just Share this with, with a friend, with someone that you know that is helping somebody else through something difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's also a reminder to us to show up for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, listening mm-hmm. to Katie say just how lonely it's become, mm-hmm. because we all get busy. I'm sitting here thinking right now of a friend that I need to, I need to not just text and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you, but I need to show up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've gone through something difficult and I need to physically be there. Um, so thank you for being here and, uh, and we'll see you next time.
1: Yeah. Don't forget. You need this. You deserve this. So let's, let's do, do this. this.
0: Let's do this.